0: and hear Him. This church is super blessed to have Brock and Sarah uh, working with us, leading this church the way they do. Now, in recent years, when I've had an opportunity to teach or preach, sit down at the table. Now, there's a lot of these young guys get up here and stand up. I wanna give you a verse for what I'm doing here today. In John 8 and verse 2, I'll put it on the screen up here. At dawn, the speaking of Jesus, he appeared in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. (laughs) So it's good enough for Jesus and me. (laughs) So I appreciate your uh, indulging me in this. It's just kind of more comfortable for me to be able to do that. Now today, we're in the midst of a uh, sermon series entitled Together, and in previous messages, Brock has shared with us how living in community with other believers, as Tammy referenced here this morning, uh, is a part of God's plan. We need it. Uh, In fact, we desperately need it. So we have been looking at uh, some of the one another passages of Scripture. And before this series ever started, Brock knew he was going to be gone today and asked me if I wanted to do one of the one another, and if so, which one? And I chose this one. Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, to speak on. So here here, here are the kind of... When I say one another, don't let that throw you. It's just passages of Scripture that have the phrase one another in them. that like, love one another, or share one another's burdens, or accept one another. There's more than 20 others, I think, of these one another challenges. But the challenge we consider today may be the most difficult one of all of those instructions for us to do. In fact, it's thought by some to be the most difficult thing God asks us to do in Scripture. So let me just read the text this morning and I think you'll immediately get a sense for how tough this instruction is. Ephesians 5 verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Read it with me, church. Let's read it out loud. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. What do you think? How good are you at submitting to others? I want to tell you that I have been on this earth for a minute or two. And I have never seen a time in my lifetime when submission was more rejected and despised in our culture than it is right now. And you know that's true. And you know that teachers in our schools, for example, have one of the most difficult jobs in our society because in many cases, children are not taught submission. But it's not a kid's issue. It's, in in many cases, parents don't want their kids to submit to teachers or principals or policemen or anyone in position of authority. Have you ever just watched some of the videos that are posted on Facebook recently or other social media of encounters people have with the police now? Have you ever, or or, or maybe even with their neighbors, or with people in business establishments, owners or employees in a business establishment, have you ever seen a full-fledged Karen meltdown on video? Well, I'm going to show you one. No, I'm not. (laughs) I thought about that, but better not. Or better than that, have you seen it in person? You see, here's the deal. Everyone wants to tell everyone else what to do, and no one wants anyone telling them what to do. And in the Dark Ages, when some of us went to school, there would not be any parental support against a teacher ever. Now that may that may have even been abusive in some situations i'm not i'm not i'm not recommending that necessarily but i am saying to you boy in, in my house you didn't want to say but the teacher because they want you to submit to the authority of the teacher now, let me give you an example of submission. Submission's an interesting thing. It's a part of our everyday life. When I was a youth minister in Dallas at the Garland Road Church in the early 1970s, we had more than 300 teams in our junior high and high school program. And each year we took three charter buses, busloads of high schoolers on a ski trip to New Mexico. And you, you probably think you should have your head examined, and you're right. It, you know, to be responsible for that many high schoolers on the ski slopes is nuts. But I don't remember the exact number of people, but that would be more than 120. There were more than 40 on each bus. Now, you can't unload a bus load of people without them submitting to one another. Did you know that? I mean, somebody has to submit to somebody. I mean, what if everybody wanted to get off first? Then you never would get the bus empty. In fact, the same thing would be true in this room. You can't empty this auditorium if every one of us wants to be the one to go out that door first. It's chaos. And so submission, submission is a part of our lives. Even carrying that that example a little further, if and when you empty those three buses, you better have a good reason for doing so and a plan because it's gonna take some time to get back on the road. I mean, it could take a lot of time. So we had certain stops, not many, where everyone got to get off and make a bathroom stop Those were planned at particular truck stops where the facilities were larger and could handle the numbers. They didn't have buckies in those days. That'd have been great if they had of. We ate dinner at a particular establishment along the way that prepared ahead of time the 120 meals and had them sitting on the table when we walked in and ate and everyone ate the same meal. Now, what if you didn't like that meal? Well, you ate it anyway, or you didn't. In all those years, no one ever starved, no one ever got sick from eating something they didn't particularly care for, and no one ever refused to follow the plan. It's called submission. Did I say no one? Well, there was one time. The, the three bus drivers would take a brief bathroom and coffee break ever so many miles, and rarely at the large places that we stopped at. I mean, the, the, the buses had restrooms on them, so that was convenient, but the driver couldn't <laughs> take advantage of that. So, ever so often, they, they, they were on the radio with each other, and they'd stop some place and they'd get off and go in and grab coffee and, and use the facility and they'd be back on 10, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes back on the road. Now, our rule was nobody gets off the bus. I mean, if you do, it's just, you've lost, it's over. You unload 120 people like that, and you are down for an hour or so. It just, you just are. So one of of the trips, one of our sponsors was one of our elders who had a daughter in the group. And the first bus driver coffee break stop we came to, I looked out the window and there was an elder headed for the cafe behind the three bus drivers. I CAUGHT HIM MIDWAY AND ASKED HIM IF HE HAD HEARD THE DISCUSSION ABOUT NO ONE GETTING OFF FOR DRIVER'S BREAKS. AND HE SAID HE HAD, AND THEN WITH A LOOK OF REALIZATION ON HIS FACE, HE SAID, OH, DID THAT MEAN US TOO? AND I SAID, YES, SIR, ALL OF US, IT'S THE ONLY WAY IT WILL WORK. TO WHICH HE SAID, "I'm, I'M SORRY, AND TURNED AND HEADED BACK TO THE BUS. You see, it's not a good system when submitting to one another and to those who are given authority over us is only for others and not for us. So here's the problem. Nobody likes to be told what to do. Nobody likes it when their right to choose or self-determine is taken away. Am I right? You don't like that. I don't like that. If you've raised children, or you are currently in that process, you have witnessed firsthand that it's not our human nature to submit. Human nature doesn't help us not to submit. If you haven't seen a child, a small child, who was told not to touch something, struggle. Have you seen this? I mean, they're looking at the thing and they're looking at you. And they look back at the thing, they look back at you They say, don't touch that. They look at it, look back at you, then they stick that lip out. And then that hand kind of going out to see what will happen. That's human nature. And so fast forward, we grow up, we're still doing that just in a different way. So here's a question for you. How well do you submit? How well do you respond to authority? There are all kinds of people in life who have some authority over us, from the president of our nation down. There are those who, for whatever reason, have authority. They have been elected into that position. They've been hired into a position. They've been born into a position, whatever the case may be. But too often, we don't respond well to being told what to do. More and more, our society rejects authority and demands rights. And we see that happening with government, and schools, and businesses, and churches, and families, and especially marriages. I love the story of the governor who was at a fundraising barbecue dinner on one occasion and the lady who was in charge of serving the chicken in the line had been instructed to give everyone only one piece of chicken. When the governor came through the line, he was especially hungry and loved chicken, so he asked for two pieces. And the woman replied that she was sorry, but everyone could have only one piece or there might not be enough for everyone. The governor was peeved at this and replied haughtily, obviously, you don't know who I am. I am the governor of this great state, and I want two pieces of chicken. To which the woman replied, obviously, you don't know who I am. I am the woman in charge of chicken, and you only get one piece. Move on. It's true, we don't like anybody to tell us what to do. And submission is not just a matter of people telling us what to do. I am I'm, I'm go to an extreme on that uh, in, in saying that. But here's the challenge. The church, the church, our, our together group is comprised of all kinds of people. Every race, gender, political party, vocation, geographic region and ideology in the world is represented somewhere in the church. And we bring with us what we bring with us when we come into the kingdom. And the dream of Jesus, which he expressed in a prayer, is this, John 17, 21, that all of them may be one father just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That's his prayer. And yet we have all of these these, these divisions and conflict and stuff in Christianity and in Churches of Christ even. You know, every, every denomination is subject to it. And, you know, and, and so we say, well, it's generational. Most of it, it's not all generational. We have struggled with worship styles and music and gender roles and on and on the list goes. We struggle at times with how church funds should be spent or whether it's grace or obedience that provides salvation. If we could just poll everyone in this audience, everybody in the audience, on the top 10 issues facing faith communities today, we (laughs) could line up people on both sides of the room who are polar opposites in their opinions of what should be done or what shouldn't be done. Polar and and we we look across the room and scratch our heads and think, where'd they get that? And most likely they're looking at us, wondering about where we got what we get. Now, how do we survive that? How, how can we stay together? How do we maintain community and unity in the midst of this challenge? People, honestly, I think it's this, I think it's this verse. Ephesians 521. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Yeah, but you don't have authority over me. I'm not talking about authority. I'm talking about submission. The discipline of submission and the key area where it needs to manifest itself is toward one another. And we're, we really miss something here, I think. Almost all church conflict and division occur because people do not have the freedom to give in to each other. Or we do not exercise that freedom. We insist that a critical issue is at stake and we're fighting for sacred principle. Perhaps that could be true. Usually, it is not. Often, we just can't stand to give in simply because it would mean that we don't get things our way. If this gets close to home or makes you uncomfortable, join the club. I don't need to be the only one struggling with guilt up here today. You've been there too. You've had those feelings too. And people will spend weeks, months, and even years in a perpetual stew because some little thing did not go as they had wished. And we will fuss and fume and get mad about it or we'll act as if our very life hangs on that issue. We may even get ulcers over it and we may even leave the church no longer together. In the discipline of submission, we are released to drop the matter and forget it. Frankly, most of the things in life are not nearly so as important as we think they are. One of the toughest ministry years of my life was 1991. And in the middle of that year, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. It totally changed my perspective. This stuff wasn't as important as I thought it was. At my age, I can look back on some of the things that were so critical at the time And they're comical now, not necessarily funny, but they are comical. Some of the very ones I fumed, fought, and cried over then don't seem to matter now. Let me tell you what submission is. It is the ability to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get our own way The obsession to demand that things go the way we want them to go is one of the greatest bondages in human society today. That's true in marriage. That's true in business. That's true in the church and so many other realms. In the discipline of submission, we are released to drop the matter and forget it. How are you doing on that? You say, how are you? I ask you first. listen, Listen to these words of Jesus, which strike at the heart of the issue. In Mark 8, 34 and 35, he said, if anyone will come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. I mean, Jesus was radical in his social teaching regarding greatness. Taking a back seat to our desires intentionally was at the center of the matter. Greatness was through becoming a servant. Now, where is all that understanding when we're actually going through these experiences and we've all been through them? It's like we're suddenly brain dead. Satan takes over. In our text, we're called upon by Paul in the middle of a section of Scripture on unity to submit to one another. He also says in Colossians 2:3 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. He also says in Romans 12, 10, honor one another above yourselves. But Satan keeps whispering something totally different in our ears about how we deserve our own way and it's the right thing to do. To be honest, We don't know if it's a genuine issue or if it's just our own stubborn will, most of the time. Maybe we can't give in because it would mean we can't get our way. I want things my way. I understand that you do too, but the Lord never promised that. It probably wouldn't be good for us anyway. Submission is willingly letting go of the need to have it my way. Now, before we close, let me talk for just a brief moment about what submission isn't. We've just been talking about what it is. You see, sometimes we're compliant when we aren't exactly submissive. It isn't submission when we flood ourselves with self-pity or we seek the pity of others because we didn't get our way. It isn't self-denial when you tolerate it, but gripe about it and stew about it like we sometimes do. It's not self-denial because someone else denied it for you. It never leaves your heart. The Bible speaks of how we are to submit to our parents, to our bosses, to our shepherds, to our spouses, and even to our government. If I grudgingly go along, because for one reason I don't have any choice, that's not submission. It's a vague form of toleration, but not at all submission. Submission calls for voluntary surrender of will. Wow. Couldn't that lead to abuse if I did this? Yes, and there are cases where people in positions of authority become abusive. Husbands, elders, parents, bosses, policemen have all been guilty. Preachers, let's put them in there. Then is there no limit to submission? That's a hard question, but the limits of submission likely are at the points at which it becomes destructive. If the governing authorities order you to sin in some way, or if a wife is asked to beat her child unreasonably, or a parent asks a child to do something unlawful, or any time we're asked to violate clear biblical teaching, but you have to be careful or you'll conclude that anything that doesn't go your way is destructive. Submit to one another is absolutely going to require some give and take, and that's on both sides. If you're progressive in your views of worship and you want to do things perhaps we've never done before, you must consider the views of those who are not. If you're very conservative and traditional and want things to be the way they were 50 years ago or the way they've always been, you can't have it that way all the time. Submit to one another means that we'll choose to surrender our own wishes for the sake of others. Now, let me tell you what it'll do for you. It'll let you sleep at night. You put it down and walk away from it. There may come a change again in the future, but right now you put it down willingly. Say, Preacher, have you always done that? Nope, not really. Wish I had, forgive me. So how do we do this? What will motivate or help us to do something so radical and so God honoring let me take you back to our text. We'll close. Ephesians 5, 21. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. How can we do this? Christ. Jesus is the ultimate example of submission. When, when you stack your challenges to be submissive besides His. Yours looked like a walk in a park. And the very reason He was submissive was for your sake and for mine. You remember when He was facing the cross? He knew what was about to happen to Him. And He was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And He prayed what His will was, that this cup might pass from him, that he wouldn't have to suffer that cruel death for you. But he ended that prayer with what was a mantra for his life, not my will, but yours be done. That's the core of submission. How you do it?